space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And we've got a, a bit of an unusual episode this week. If you're listening on the podcast, this is not the episode on the Sherlock Holmes stories that we promised that's going to come next week because a load of Star Trek news dropped at the first contact day. Um, so we're going to spend pretty much the first half of this episode talking about that, and then we're going to look at a fistful of datas because we're on we're on a bit of a malfunctioning holodeck kick at the minute. So <laughs> we'll co- we'll cover that one. But yeah, loads and loads and loads of Star Trek news. Uh, we expected there were going to be yeah yeah, but it wasn't just that. Um, like we got what three trailers yeah. We got a picture reveal, but then from the panels, we got a load more information exactly. as well. The only thing... So it was just spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the the only thing we didn't get that we we were sort of maybe expecting was something from Strange New Worlds. Um, yeah. Which, you know, we were saying the other week, like we, we thought maybe we'd get a little teaser or something. Uh, but we didn't, you know, we actually got a Picard teaser, which we weren't expecting at all. So I don't know. Maybe yeah, it was. Maybe Strange New Worlds could they be saving it for? Are they are they doing a a Star Trek Las Vegas convention this year later in maybe? I don't. Um, everything's still up in the air well, with the, convention the, land. But the only one that they um, announced officially was um, one for 2022 yeah, in Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, maybe they're holding it back for for something or, you know, or maybe they just thought they'd give us enough goodies this time before we we got into it. But, yeah, so we're going to kind of break them down, what we've, what we've got from the trailers. I'm sure there's loads more that other people have spotted, uh, but we'll do yeah, our best. Like, like, what are we... All this dropped on Monday, and it's Thursday now when we're recording. Yeah. So, yeah, there's... Um, the internet's already getting quite busy with uh, speculation from all. Yeah. So, first up, then, it was... We actually got a Picard teaser, and it was a teaser. No footage from the actual show, but a bit like they did last year, a specially filmed little segment, and... A tease, obviously, the big thing that we've all been talking about, we all expected, but we've got actual confirmed proof now that Q is definitely coming back in Picard, which is yeah, not just from the well, not just from the teaser. He, he was there, wanted and joined in an interview with Patrick Stewart. Oh yeah, yeah, you know the the yeah, been quite overt about it now, which is great. And, yeah, so I liked the way they did it, the reveal. It sort of went to the pack of cards. And we talked about this all the way back when we had the first episode of Picard. That, yeah. That, you know, that the fact that it was Queens that they were looking at could have been to do with the Borg Queen, but also... And then it's a and then you had a Q and... Yeah, so I'm Five thinking, lights and, and his yeah. heart and... 
There was all sorts in there. Exactly, and they, they've delivered on this one then. So, yeah, it's, it's lovely the effect it does where it, it focuses on the card and then it goes away and it's just the cue. And I thought they were going to leave yeah. it at that, but then you actually got the the little bit of a voiceover saying the trial never ends and a bit of a cue mischievous laugh. So, the in terms of everything <laughs> else in it, before we get into sort of the cue of it all and everything, you mentioned to me, which I'd not picked up on, but you, you, I've gone back and looked at it, and you're right. The the tablet, the the stone tablet that's in the trailer. Yeah, like I would, I wonder if the sort of like because we've like some of these people like they're getting back should be big big secrets if mm-hmm. they could do them. I think the cue one's been leaked. But we had Patrick Stewart let us know Whoopi Goldberg was mm-hmm. coming back. It looks like we've got um, Geordie coming back. I wonder if we're going to get Avery Brooks in here, back as Cisco somehow. Yeah, I mean, this is because for anybody who's not seen it, the, there's an image of a, a broken stone tablet, and it is the the tablet from the DS9 episode, The Reckoning, that Cisco smashes and it releases a, a, a prophet and a par rave and they possess Jake and Kira. And, you know, it's really it's a good episode of DS9. But why has Captain Picard got this tablet on his vineyard? Yeah. And it... I mean, the most boring explanation is that this is just a prop that they had lying around and they decided to use it in the trailer. But I can't believe if that was the case that nobody said, hang on, you know, people are going to read something into this if we put this in the trailer. Now, now there's, I saw one in a, like the only words that could, uh, that were translated was welcome emissary off this tablet. Right. In the reckoning, and people, and I've seen someone speculating. Well, as uh, Picard got it because he's uh, a his because he's an archaeologist and is good at history. And to me, I think that's a bit. Uh, no, I think there'd be other places that'd get the tablet before Picard. Is yeah, I mean, when he's left Starfleet. Yeah, unless they're gonna bring in a thing where Picard, when he was retired, went to Bajor and looked at things, but it's just so blatant that they use that. Like, if they wanted to just have a weird artifact in it. They could have had the the what is it the killer Neskos from um, the chase that oh. his his archaeologist friend gives him, you know. If they just wanted something, just put that in. But the fact that this is an an artifact from DS Nine that's got a really close connection to Cisco, it yeah, it does make you wonder. And if yeah, if it is a mistake uh, by the props department or. It, they've done it just I, to get people wound think, up. That's very naughty. I don't think anything there was a mistake. No, I, I tend I, to I agree think with everything, you. I think everything there is there for a reason. Um, like we had in the interviews, like they're talking about um, Picard suffering from a massive trauma. Yes. The most traumatic thing you could think when Q turns up. 
So is that someone dying or or something major has been destroyed? Or yeah, well, it does make you wonder. So it'd, so. it'd have to affect Picard directly because he says he's personally massive. Yeah, I mean, let, let's look at what he says then because he. He says the true final frontier's time. So it's setting us up. Maybe this is going to be a time travel story. He talks about... Yeah, they've hinted that, at that. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've done that quite a lot with uh, Discovery recently and things, but yeah, it's. I'll get onto that in a minute, but he talks about, you know, your most impulsive actions and what we wish we'd done and what what we wish we'd not done, what could have been. We never get offered second chances. And that really reminds me of the episode Tapestry, which is obviously Q giving Picard a second chance with something that he wishes yeah. he'd not done. And I'm like, well, are we going to get this, the same sort of thing again? But But then in the interviews, Patrick Stewart says... Yeah, we've done 178 episodes of TNG and this story is like nothing you've ever seen before. So I can't imagine it's going to be more or less a retread of Tapestry. So no, that, I don't know that where they're going to go with it. But, like, but like, the, the words... I wonder if we've got a bit of a time jump. Ah, it could be. Because we know that uh, Picard's been made into this sort of golem thing and I wonder if there's a bit of a time jump in it where sort of maybe 30, 40 years later, he's not aged anything, but he's starting to see all his younger colleagues mm. start dying. I wonder. And, and, he's, and, he's, and I wonder if uh, it could be something like that and he gets a chance to go back and... It could be, yeah. I mean, I, from what it said, I'm expecting that something goes wrong and Picard gets a chance to put it right, but that is yeah. pretty much tapestry, so... And, you know, you would expect the lesson that he would learn is you shouldn't do that. You should be happy with what you've got, which is the lesson he learns in Tapestry. So I, I just don't want it to be a retread of Tapestry, but to take yeah, a whole season. Some, so we, we've done that. Year. Yeah, you know, we've done it. It was great. It's one of the best episodes. But, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, other things then that sort of came out of the, the trailer and the interviews, things like that, like you said... Picard, oh sorry, Patrick Stewart says that Q arrives at this moment of significant trauma. Now, this is probably me just being a big softie, but I'd quite like this if it isn't a big galaxy-shattering thing that goes wrong. If it's something to do with, like, missed opportunities, so maybe this is where we finally tell the story of Picard and Beverly, and... Yeah. You know, Picard realises I, I should have been with Beverly and I had these opportunities and it never panned out. Uh, maybe we finally get to tell that story. I, I, you, obviously, there'll have to be something else going on because you can't just tell yeah. a 10 episode romantic like, like, story. But. Yeah, like maybe it's somebody really close to him that's died. I, like, possibly it's Riker. It could be. Or. Here's another Cause, idea. Because, like, he'd retired and, and he's gone back into Starfleet as his, in his admiral role, and maybe he's been, been killed somehow and he's finding Possibly. that really traumatising. But here's... Because they're the sort of things when people are traumatised, it's normally someone very close yeah, yeah. to you dying. Uh, and he says that it's the most traumatic thing you can go through. Well, so... here's another one. 
something else from Picard's past. His best friend, Jack Crusher, died directly as the result of his actions. And we saw the model of the Stargazer in the trailer. So maybe are we going to tell that story and it's going to be... You know, something to do. Maybe, maybe Beverly dies well, we got, in we, the regular timeline. We got the Stargate. We got the Stargazer story, didn't we? In TNG, uh, well, we got bits of it, but we, you know, we never had an out-and-out flashback, and we've never seen the death of um, Wesley's dad. But yeah, I, I'd be interested in maybe Beverly dies in the present of the show. And Picard realizes, oh, we, you know, we never got together, and that's my big regret. And then we could tell a story about the traumatic relationship that they've had, starting with the death of Jack Crusher. Yeah, I don't know, um, but I'd be interested to see. Um, yeah, yeah. We're, we'll like, we'll find out. We know out. that we've got quite a few people. There's quite a few people going to be in this, isn't there? Like, yeah. we already know we've got Guinan back. And Guinan maybe back. Maybe we finally find out what the deal is with Guinan and Q. That's something that I think that we, if if they've got them two back, yeah, we should finally. I think they should finally let us know what this is. Yeah, just a little bit more, just so we can. Yeah, we can get. Yeah. A bit of a grip on it. That'd be really good. And we also got the release. Well, I say the release date. We've got a release window. Of 2022, so it's not that, not that narrow a release yeah, window, not, but it, it it well we have got some actual release dates, haven't we? We oh yeah, got, we're getting on to that. Like but... out of all the shows, Picard is the last one that's yes that's going to be on air. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so 2022 at some point, and for anybody watching on yeah. the live stream, there we go. We've got. The um, a clip from well, a, a shot from the interview where John Delancey turned up, and they did like this pantomime yeah. thing, didn't they? It was like, oh, we've got a bit of interference, and it was like bonjour, mon capitaine, and all that. And he acknowledged. <laughs> he said, "Oh, we, you know, we're going to talk about the fact that Q looks older." So I think it's going to be a thing that he's going to be doing it to take the piss out of Picard. He's going to be like, oh, you're looking older. Well, I've got to look older as well now. Yeah, I think they'll do that. Like, I think they'll do, because we've seen a lot of it in Hollywood now, and they've got the de-aging technology pretty well yeah, nailed yeah, yeah. down. But but I don't think they'll do lots of it. I think, we'll, I think when he first turns up, we'll get a John Delancey yeah. de-aged yeah. to look like what we used to seeing, and then he'll, taking the piss, he'll just go to what he actually yeah, looks like. I now, think I to think sort that's, of match that Picard's got older. <laughs> I think that's probably what we're going to do with it. Uh, so moving on to Prodigy, then. So um, again, for the people watching on the live stream, there's the the new cast shot. We had that shot of everyone else, but now they've expanded it out and put Janeway in the middle. And it's a really cool CGI computer version of um, of Janeway rocking a Voyager uniform. It, actually, it, it looks really accurate it to does. how she did yeah, it in yeah. Voyager. It's great. It's really close. Like, I'm, used, I, I'm used to still seeing Kate Mulgrew on TV and you see her in uh, Orange is the New yeah, Black, yeah. which plays red. And you, 
you forget how long ago Voyager actually was and how much younger she yeah, was. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying she's not aged well, because she has aged well. No, but she, yeah. We've really but, got it. Really got this CGI nailed down. But yeah, we're talking a long time ago. And um, and there was a thing, wasn't there, in the interviews where she said, um, when they showed her it, she was like, well, you've got to make it look less beautiful. Yeah, I didn't look that good and all this stuff. Yeah. Which is, it, it's very, very modest of her. And, you know, it makes you, it makes you feel very warm towards her that she's that sort of self-effacing. And I think what yeah. came across was how excited she is about the fact that this is going to be a kid's show and it's going to bring in a new generation yeah. of Trekkies and how proud she is of of Janeway as a role model. And she's like, and I can't wait to, for new people to experience that. I just thought she she genuinely sounded so enthusiastic about it. It was she brilliant. She looks like, yeah, she looks so that she... She's so up for this series. Yeah, definitely. And like as we already know, they're already doing series two has already been great. Oh yeah, yeah. And we we didn't get a lot about the story. Um we we got a little bit like they said basically I, I think we got more I think we got um from what they told us, it's actually given us more questions than we had three. Definitely. Like we know it's gonna be set in the Delta Quadrant. We know it's gonna be set in twenty three eighty three. So it's not long after Voyager finishes. Um, yeah. And we know, as we speculated, so we'll, um, you know, we'll we'll claim this one, we speculated Janeway would be a hologram. And it's a good yeah, thing as well. Yeah, uh, pretty straight away, didn't we? Yeah, and it's a good thing, because we've been doing a series on hologram episodes, so we'd have looked <laughs> a little bit stupid if we'd have not got that one right. But... Yeah. So it's a, it's a training hologram on a Starfleet ship. Yeah, she's a command she, she's a command training hologram. Yeah, and she's and they found a derelict Starfleet a derelict Federation ship. But it's in the Delta Quadrant, uh, and it's after the end of Voyager. So yeah, how like, does that work? Well, the only, as far as I'm aware, we only saw a hologram of Janeway once. Throughout the whole of Voyager, and that was in the episode um, The Four. I can't remember which, which one. is a great episode. Oh, yeah, no, no, I know which one you mean, yeah. Um, and I can't think of another time we saw as a hologram. We definitely didn't see, like, we, we saw the Doctor become the emergency command hologram, but we never saw anyone else program no. into it. So you got, um, so I don't know where she's come from with this, and you've got to think. It's a Federation ship, and she's got to be on it as a hologram. So is it a Delta Flyer? or? But they didn't have holosuites. No, and a Delta Flyer's not going to be big enough to get this whole crew on either, which, you know... Uh, actually, the Delta Flyer would be big enough for what we've shown of the crew. Okay, I don't know. There's that big rock guy. He looks massive. But, yeah... yeah the Delta Flyer is actually quite a big ship. It didn't have a... You're right, though. It didn't have a, a holodeck. So, yeah, I don't know how that's going to tie in. They also said yeah. um, that there is going to be a direct tie to a TOS episode, which... No, no what they've said is one of these characters that we see... Oh, Yeah, sorry. Is a, di is a direct link to, to, to TOS. Yeah, like... Or maybe the big rock guy's got something to do with the Horta... Maybe he's like an advanced form of a halter or something. Mm. 
I don't know. But, yeah, so a lot of exciting yeah, just, stuff going on about that. But I Yeah, think... I'll, I'll say we got... They give us a lot, and all it's done is giving us more questions. Yeah, too right. A couple of things that I really liked is they said, yeah, it's a kid's show, but it's not going to talk down to kids, and it's going to be trying to inspire kids. So I think they yeah. sound really, really positive things. And I think hopefully... That'll make people who are worried it'd be a bit too kiddified feel a little bit better about it because, you know, you can get shows that are, that are really, really for kids, you know, like Peppa Pig or Teletubbies or whatever. But you also equally can have shows that adults can watch as well and can enjoy as well. And, you know, that's brilliant. And I hope that that's the yeah, area that like, we're kind of going like- for with this. Like, I fully get what they're doing, that they want a new audience, so they're making a kid's show, which it, it hats off to them for doing it. Yeah. But the existing audience, which trick is, and we're going to watch this. Yeah, exactly. So it has to be, it has to be good enough for us all to, to want to watch, also, to be into it as well. Like, I think the fact that, you know, with the streaming services and things, you get a lot of animated shows and they are of very good quality and they are attracting adults and children and I think it'd be very foolish to have something that won't have an appeal to the long term to the adult fans as well. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this one more and more the more we find and, out about and, it. And they've said that that they didn't give us a date for Prodigy, but they have said that Prodigy will be on uh, before the will be will, will be here before <laughs> the end of the year. Yeah. Which brings us on to the only one that we have got a date for, which is Lower Decks. And, yeah, yeah. what's the 12th of August? 12th of August. I was, I did, I told you the other day when I spoke to you, I've done some maths on this. Yeah. Because we've been told uh, Discovery will start in 21. Yeah. Not that we'll get all of Discovery in 21, but it will start in 21. So if they run it... Um, that lower deck starts August the twelfth, as they say. Mm-hmm. We get ten weeks. If then they do Prodigy, and I'm assuming that'll be ten episodes as well. Yeah, I think that's a safe bet because that seems to be what they're doing. So that'll take us till December the twenty third, which means uh, on December the thirtieth we'll get Discovery, just which means the same as uh... <laughs> yeah. But that's how it works out. Yeah. It, so I wonder if that's what they're going for. Kind of like how they've been doing with um, with the Doctor Who New Year's Day specials. Like, they've been having one on New Year's Day so they can go, well, there was an episode of Doctor Who on in 2021. <laughs> you know, only one. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, maybe that's where we're going with it. A uh, few things from the... I mean, Lower Decks, we only got a tiny, tiny snippet, but... First of all, the Miranda-class ship is back, and that looks really cool, the animation on it. And, it, and, it, and it's, um, its registration is, what was it, eight? I'm doing this off my head, I should have written it down. 1883, is it, or 18... It's somewhere, something like that. Yeah. And it puts it um, as only about the 17th or 18th ship after... The, the Reliance. Oh, after the, oh, that's a so, cool little So we're probably there. looking at a 100-year-old ship here. Right, that'd be cool, yeah. And then, speaking of things that are over 100 years old, a Megato from the original series pops up. 
Now, yeah. I, li I like the Magato. Questionable makeup, you know, if you hold it up to 21st century standards, but it's uh, an iconic yeah, Star but... Trek monster. And yeah, and also there's um, in the New Frontier books by Peter David, there's a Magato who's actually a Starfleet officer in that. Um, the, and there's a really, I won't spoil what happens with him, but there's a really good storyline with him. Um, so if you've not checked out the New Frontier novels and you need an excuse, if you want to read up on Magatos before Lower Decks, do yourself a favour with that. Uh, we had the, we showed the picture a second ago of um, Mariner and she's in, now it's not Parisi Squares, is it? It's the one that Riker no, and his dad do. Yeah, the ultimate uh, form, ultimate martial art. Yeah, um, I can't remember what it's called off the top of my it's head. It's a stupid but... name, but they yeah, hit each is. other with the batons while they're blindfolded. Yeah, but Riker's dad cheats, don't they? And he, he does yeah. an illegal manoeuvre or something. So that'll be interesting. Maybe she's fighting Riker there because we know Riker's in it. So yeah. maybe it'll be... Maybe, um, maybe they have to fight for Boimler or something. That'd be quite funny. And well, we got the clip of Boimler, and Boimler is just out of his depth, up depth on the bridge of the Titan. <laughs> Definitely. And Riker, we, he had his little jazz thing at the end of the first season, but now he's taking it to new levels it, with this giving metaphor. He's all his orders in jazz. <laughs> yeah, which is brilliant. Boimler's like, what are you on about? So, yeah, I'm loving I all of that. I don't understand a word you're saying. <laughs> yeah. So, really looking forward to season two of Lower Decks. And then yeah, we saw the pack. The packloads were there again. Oh, were they? I missed them. Yeah, like I wonder if um, a lot of that we've been seeing because we see uh, Mariner later on. She's in a, she's in the brig, isn't she? Oh, that's not too much of a surprise, is it? But... No, but they're there, and the only thing missing is uh, Boimler. I bet he's having a great time. I think that a lot that we we're getting shown here is probably from the first, maybe second episode. Uh, yeah, I'd guess so. Because Boimler's going to end up back on the... Oh, definitely. Going to end up back on with them, isn't he? Yes, he must do. Uh, but it'll be fun to have Frakes around for a couple of episodes or whatever it is before yeah. Boimler gets transferred got, back. Uh, I don't think they've got Marina, have they? Uh, I don't know. I know she's moved back to the UK, but that doesn't stop you doing voice work, so who knows? <laughs> Was it or was it Picard that she said that she wasn't that she's maybe, in this season? Maybe we'll have to wait. She might be see. able to be in lower decks because it's voice work. Yeah, I, there's one of them that she's going to be in because of I would all imagine the COVID it'll, restrictions. it'll probably be Picard because uh, yeah, as I say, I know she's moved back to the UK, so we'll see. And then finally, Discovery, which again I really didn't expect a, a trailer for. I thought maybe a teaser if that, because they've only recently started filming, but a fair bit in this one. I imagine... As yeah, you... this, looks, this looks like they've actually done loads of filming. Yeah, it does. I mean, it could all be from one episode, but it, it, it gives the feel that we're getting a really good sort of sample of the, the season, and we get a bit of an idea what the main threat is going to be. And they've talked about this in interviews, the writers and things, saying we wanted something that was a bit more sciencey and a, a not your typical bad guy to fight storyline. We wanted something a bit more esoteric than that. So 
all we know is there's this huge gravitational anomaly and we see some nifty effects where the, the crew's getting bumped around and things like that. Yeah, um, that there's a, a shot where the um, shuttle bay's upside down. Yeah. From the trailer. And they're sort of stood on the roof, so... And then there's this, it looked looked like a cargo hold or some another room that had been smashed up, and there again they they stood at funny angles in yeah. it, yeah, as if it's so gravity's not working properly. Yeah, so and it, it, this thing's five light years across, and it's yeah, turning, that's huge. Yeah, it's enormous. I mean, it it, it made me well, that's, think that's literally Earth. That's literally us to our nearest star. Yeah, across which is. <laughs> So, yeah, it's going to be... I mean, it's interesting. I don't know. How are they going to do a full season with this thing? I don't know. Or maybe that's not going to be the full well, season, but... Um, yeah, it's like all we've been shown is a trailer and that. And maybe they're taking a little step back from whole season long. Maybe so, yeah. Yeah, it could be a few episodes. Or there, or... or there could be a few different things going on. Oh yeah, I'm sure they'll you know, they'll be Discovery likes to have its ongoing mysteries, so it'll no doubt be well we've got to find out who behind it and what it is and it sort of reminded me a little bit of Vija in that it's this unknown thing that's turned out and it's huge and we don't know anything about it. And Yeah, I I was thinking something like the Nexus as well, but the Nexus wasn't that that large. No, and uh, at least the Nexus wasn't that large seven hundred, eight hundred years previous. That's a fair previous, point. Nine hundred yeah. years. <laughs> um, and I wouldn't mind like so. We've said when we talked about uh, the motion picture, you know, way back in our first episode, that it's a very Star Trek story. It just lacks a little bit in the the pacing of it, shall we say? Yeah. And you know, I won't mind having another stab at that kind of story. Like, there's this big mysterious thing, and how do we communicate with it? And yeah, I won't mind having another go at that sort of storyline. So I'm interested with that. And what it seems to be prompting as well. Obviously, we talked about this when we covered Discovery was that, you know, a big thing is going to be trying to get the Federation back together. And it looks like this might be a bit of a catalyst for that because it's it's affecting everybody, not just the Federation. So we need to pull together. Yeah. And we're seeing even in this trailer, like, it looks like the, I was going to say the Vulcan ambassador, the Neva ambassador yeah. seems to be back in it. And there's a, a woman who looks like um, maybe she's Pat Cardassian and... <laughs> She looks part card, half Kardashian, half human. So yeah, so that's a, that's an interesting one. Yeah, well, Golda Cat got about um, a lot. So, but yeah, but I, yeah, I, I'm wondering is I this... think pulling. I think I think there'll be the anomaly, but I think you also have the story here where they're getting the Federation back together again. Yeah, I think that that's going to be a catalyst a for it. We see Saru. In what we what we must assume are sort of Kelpian kind of robes, but then when it shows that shot of him joining hands with Michael at the end, it looks like he's also in a captain's uniform, and or, or at least a command uniform. Yeah, because that brings us on to the new uniforms, which 
We said this yeah. again at the end. I think we called this one. We said maybe maybe we're going to get brand new uniforms next season. And it looks like they've listened to us. And we have done yeah, so. That, now, a lot of people... Don't, I think these look very reminiscent of um, TNG dress uniforms. They do, yeah. Because they look a lot long. They look like they're sort of a lot longer. They're also not a million miles away from the classic movie era uniforms. I know they were well, all red. Yeah. But you know, they're having the but, little sash thing on the collar and But in it nice in it nice to finally get back to like red, yellow and blue and Yes, yeah, I really like it. And it looks like medical is in white, which I'm 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 quite I'm fine with medical being in white. Yeah, that's I mean they'd introduced that in Discovery anyway, hadn't they? So um, yeah. But yeah, it's really good. The <coughs> the only weird thing is going to be because this show's going to be running side by side or you know around the same time as Strange New Worlds, so new viewers might be a little bit confused as to why the the colours have changed. You know, you'll be watching Discovery where Red's command, and then flipping over to um, Strange New Worlds where. Um, gold, gold is yeah. So who knows? But anyway, so that's yeah. The, like in one of the interviews, the the actual they had um, the cost costume designer on. Yeah, and she held her hands up, and because we we got the reveal of the new uniform at the end of Discovery season three, and it was that light blue, almost grey with yeah, a yeah. sort of colour stripe in it, and she held her hands up and went. When we started using it for filming, it contrasted too much with the scenery of Discovery sets. Yeah. So we needed to change it, oh. which is fine. You've held your hands up. Like, I hope there's a little explanation yeah. of why they've changed, <laughs> changed, changed colour. Yeah, I mean, we've never had it before. Like, in DS9, they just changed to the, the grey top from the coloured tops. and yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, maybe, but I I'm happy with it. I think these look miles better. I wasn't keen on the the grey style ones no, at all. No, I, I I'm I'm so happy because like with this uniform, like we had, like we said in season one, when you had the blue and gold, the blue uniforms with the gold on and or silver, that it it looked like a progression from Enterprise, which mm. made sense. But we needed to get to that. Of the original series, yeah. which wasn't far away. Yeah, yeah. And which we did get with with the Enterprise and Discovery hadn't got the new uniforms yet. Yeah. But it's nice that they finally get into Yeah, this is what we used to our Star Trek our Star Trek yeah, officers exactly. wearing. Exactly. This is what we've had since nineteen sixty six. Exactly. Is it? Yeah. They they look like a, a proper Star Trek crew now, so yeah. So yeah, loads of exciting stuff coming up. Um, we'll we'll leave it there and let us know what you thought about all the stuff. If you've got any theories, we'd love to hear it. And hopefully, yeah. we'll we'll find out a little bit more in the weeks and months to come before we actually get to. We've actually got a date to aim for now. We know August. Yeah. At the latest, you never know; they might surprise us, but. Definitely by August 12th, yeah. we're going to have new Star Trek again, which we didn't think we were going to get this year. So this is brilliant Yeah, it, it was all sort of up and down. And it looks like before the end of the year, 
will have will have three shows that will have aired or been in the process of airing. Yeah, brilliant. Which is really exciting that they managed Definitely. to pull that off. Especially considering, yeah, all the restrictions and everything. Yeah. So, bit of a flashback then now, carrying on with our theme of holograms and hollow suites going wrong. This is a fistful of datas from season six of TNG. I'll be back in I'll be back in fifteen seconds. I've just got something for this episode. Okay, that'll be interesting. So while Elliot's getting that then, what I find interesting about Fistful of Days is if we were calling it like a friends episode, this would be the cowboy one. And TNG isn't the only sci-fi show to just randomly decide to do a cowboy episode. There's obviously the Red Dwarf episode, um, Gunman of the Apocalypse, which this really feels like it's drawn from a similar a similar stream. What do you draw things from? Yeah, definite similarities there, but it's... Yeah, it, well, perhaps someone was remembering what uh, Star Trek was actually sold to the studio... As yeah, wagon way. train to the stars. Yeah. Wagon train in to the stars. You know what? I don't have a problem with TV shows every so often going. You know what? Let's do let's do a cowboy episode. And I like cow. I like, I love westerns. Yeah, so. exactly. But it's not the old west. It's the ancient west in this episode. I like that they drop that. It's like a couple of extra hundred years. Yeah. It's not going to be the old West. It's going to be it's the, the, ancient, the West. ancient West. And this episode starts off pretty much the same as the um, Sherlock Holmes one did. Because it's like, well, we've got a rendezvous. We're too early for it this time. Oh, they're running late this time. So yeah. we've got some downtime. So you know what that means? Time for someone to prat about in the holodeck and for it to all go wrong. <laughs> but before that, Picard's yeah, trying to And we have flu. mentioned how often this happens when they have downtime. Yeah. Someone goes to the holodeck, but that something goes wrong. Surely there should be a protocol. You're on downtime. Okay, go enjoy your holodeck programs, but we've got to check in on you every half hour. Yeah, to exactly. Make sure that no one's... No one's stuck or no one's been killed yeah, yet or they, things aren't messing up in a massive way. They definitely need some improvement on these holodecks because, you know, this is getting silly. <laughs> but, yeah, so Picard's trying to play his flute and it's quite a funny scene that everyone keeps interrupting him. So first it's Geordie and Data. Well, well, this gets me, Geordie and Data... And it's fair enough what they want to do, and it makes and it and you can see the sense of it because of data's processing power mm-hmm. that it can keep the primary systems running in an emergency if the computers go down. And then, but then Geordie says and we might be able to keep some secondary systems going as well, such as weapons and sensors. <laughs> so yeah. what? Are the... <laughs> well, I presume. Like I'm trying to think. Life support, warp engines. Must be gravity, artificial gravity. Life lights. support and gravity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'd have thought weapons and sensors would be primary pretty, systems. Pretty the... important, you'd think, yeah. So they pop in, and then he tries to get back to his flute, and Beverly comes in. And there's quite a cool bit where she's like, do you want to be in my play? And he's like, oh, I ain't got time. So oh, no, you're not going to be at lead of it. And he's, even though he don't want to be in play, he still looks annoyed. 
that he's not going to be yeah, the leader. He sort of, yeah, he, he looks pissed off, doesn't he? That he's yeah. just getting a bit part. Exactly. But Which I, I think, think it's quite funny. Riker seems to have monopolised the, um, the lead role. So whenever we see Beverly's rehearsals, it always seems to be Riker who's getting the, the big role. But anyway. Yeah. Um, and then finally, Worf turns up and he's got this plan, like, I want to do all these drills. And it, no, you can't do that. So we, we've got new people coming, so you can wait for that. All right, then, well, I want to do this instead. Oh. And uh, and is your, re- is your reason why you're trying to find extra work for yourself? Like, no, 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 no. Like, <coughs> but this transpires that he's actually been a pretty shit father here. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Because he's told Alexander that he probably won't be able to get the time off, but he'll ask Captain Picard. So yeah. Alexander thinks he's going to Picard and going, please, can I have some time off to spend with my son? But time instead, he's going to him instead and going... Instead, he's asking Picard for more, for more work, so he hasn't got to test time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, he's, he's, yeah, it's no wonder Alexander doesn't turn out that well, really, when this is, um, this is Worf's attitude. Oh. And anyway, Worf has to go on the holodeck. So they end up going up to the holodeck. It's the Wild West. And it's your basic sort of Wild West story. There's nothing, no big twists or anything apart from the malfunctions. But meanwhile, Data and Geordi, they have this weird thing where they talk about Geordi growing a beard, um, which I noticed LeVar Burton seemed to be rocking a bit of it, I think. If I remember rightly, he was filming something else at the same time that he needed a beard for. It must have been because um, in in the next episode, he's got he's got even more. There's another mention of the beard. Yeah, exactly. And it, the the play the play poker the play poker and uh, Beverly bets bets Georgie and Riker and Wolf's there on the on this hand as, as a side bet that they all shave the beards. Yeah. Off. I noticed this episode, like, Worf's beard is amazing. Like, the bottom bit's brilliant, and he's got the two big bits of the tash, but the middle of his lip is totally bald. It's it's impressive yeah. facial hair on Worf. But, yeah, so they feel the need to call out the beard. That's probably because of the the syndicated thing, isn't it? Like, you know, the, the oh, if people tune in and Jordy's got a bit of a beard and he didn't have last... We're going to have to acknowledge it, otherwise people will be confused. Yeah. Like, it's all right, you know, we can... We understand that men can grow beards. It's it's fine. Um, <laughs> while Jordy's working on Data, he plugs this thing into him and he, he's got all his LED. I was thinking about you and your LEDs. With it, but I bet you, I bet you could make some that would do that. You know, the same yeah. same sort of color sequence, flashing and everything. But um, um, that's what my workbench looks like at the moment with all the circuits. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so now this is something that I've probably mentioned this on a previous episode, but it's a weird thing that I often think about: is why doesn't Data have Wi-Fi? Like, why do you need to stick this whacking great thing? And obviously the answer is, even back in the 90s, we couldn't imagine that we'd have computers that can just talk to each other without having to be wired together. You yeah. Know, um, we, we ju- it just wouldn't I'm have... Trying th- I'm trying to think it'd be, like, Next Gen ended in 94, and I don't think it was till sort of 
the mid to late 90s that we got um, WAP, let yeah. alone Wi-Fi. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, it and, is just one of and, them. And it's, <laughs> and it's strange that this is set like, what, 400 years in the future? Yeah. And yet we've got technology now that they hadn't, that the writers hadn't thought yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. Having the show. There's loads of times like where they get locked up that if data could have just Wi-Fi'd into the computer, they'd have been fine. But yeah. no, you have to stick this whacking great thing into him. Um, then the, on the holodeck then, there's a few things Worf in, too impressed about. The fact that Barclays put prostitutes in it <laughs> for yeah. Alexander. Yeah, well, he, ask, he asks Alexander, doesn't he? He goes, did you write this program all by yourself? He goes, well, Bar- uh, Lieutenant Barkley, give me, helped me. Exactly. I'll be having words with, <laughs> with Lieutenant right, Barkley. You would as well. You don't want all your son getting all Barkley's mucky stuff that he puts in his holodeck programs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and then I know, you know, I bet this holodeck program, you know how... On the streaming sites now, like when they show things like Gone with the Wind, you get a card that says, you know, that this film was made at a certain time and the attitude shown in it a representative of them. This holodeck program must have one of them because the Mexican guy is the most stereotypical. It might as well be Speedy <laughs> Gonzalez, this guy, like... Yeah. Oh, hombre! <laughs> it's just... But that is... If this is meant to be a programme that is recreating Western films rather than Western reality, then that is spot on. Yeah. So I just yeah, think and, it'd, and it'd and have I, a warning I'd imagine now. it's 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 recreating a Western movie. Yeah. And yeah, I just reckon it'd have one of them warnings. But um then we also get another similarity to the Sherlock Holmes things is um Worf they go, right, you've got to take that guy out. So off, bang, <laughs> he knocks him out. And Alexander's like, no, you meant to play properly. And that, that's kind of like data when he solved it straight yeah. away. It's, it's exactly the same thing. It's just data's using his his brain and Wolf's using his brawn. <laughs> yeah, and Alexander just goes, increase difficulty level to level four. Yeah, and Worf likes it even more once he actually gets a good fight out of them. So, <laughs> yeah, he's starting to get into it. And then Troy comes in. She makes the save with the sharpshooting and everything. Yeah, I've got my Troy. Oh, there it is, yeah. Yeah, for anyone listening on the podcast. Because I'm a geek, it's still in its box. Elliot's got an action figure of Troy as Durango. So does that action figure, Elliot, come with the cigarillo that she's smoking? It doesn't, no. Because I was amazed at that. Like, I mean, now you don't see people smoking on telly ever, but for... Uh, Very rarely. You see, it, you see it if they're doing period yes, stuff. Yes, yeah, like, yeah, we've been watching Peaky Blinders and they all smoke in that, but... Yeah. But, yeah, to have a character... Even though it's on a holodeck, so it's probably not a real SIG, on on a show that was broadcast, um, you know, daily at tea time usually, when it was in syndication, you won't get that now. There'd be absolutely no chance. And, oh, there'd be, <laughs> there'd be hell on one day if you did that in, and, it, in it nowadays. Especially because this is one of our heroes doing it. You know, this is, uh, you can maybe get away with a bad guy smoking. But having one of the yeah, good guys like, do it. 
Like, I think Marina's brilliant in this episode. I should play she is. She clearly is absolutely loving it in this episode. Yeah. Like, like she says as a character that she's right into cowboys. Yeah, but which is You new. can actually tell that her herself, she is really, really enjoying this Oh, episode. she's loving it. I mean, as we've said before, like, we've, we've made fun of the horrible bunny outfit that they made Marina Sirtis wear for the majority of the series, so... It must have been great to get rid of that horrible thing and get to wear all cowboy yeah. gear and yeah, must have been great fun. I bet this was one of them episodes where the rest of the cast, apart from you know Marina Sirtis, Michael Dawn, and Brent Spiner, I bet the rest of the cast were really annoyed, you know, that they didn't get to go and play cowboys. You know, it, yeah, it'll be one of them like, can't you make it a, a Riker episode, you know, so that I can get. Yeah. Can't you have me going to save them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but instead, Riker gets to rehearse a play with Beverly, and that's all he really does. But um, in the program, then, Worf's got this love interest that he's not keen on at all. And that's sort of a <laughs> kind of running through the episode, isn't it? Like, you get it. You get it now and again, and it pops up and everything. And obviously, there's a. Yeah, Miss Annie. There's a payoff to it at the end. Yeah, Miss Annie. And I like that <laughs> Councillor Troy's almost trying to matchmake them. You know, she's sort of like, oh, come on, Worf. You know, you've got to be nice no, to well, her. You've got, yeah, you've got to play your part. <laughs> yeah. And in the real world, then, Picard's music's all over the shop. Beverly's plays Data's poetry. And there's that silly bit where Riker starts reading it. And he's like... Oh, I'm reading the lines. And he like, just carries on reading it as if it's yeah, the lines of the play. Well, like, this is what's written down. It's like, you must have... But then he goes, oh, I recognise it as Data's poetry. So did you think that, what, Beverly were plagiarising Data's poetry for a play? Like, <laughs> what What did you think were going on, Will? You know? But anyway, and all of this is indicative of the fact that what they're trying to do with Data has gone wrong. And effectively, we're getting... Data's bleeding into the holodeck. The holodeck's bleeding into oh, Data. Oh, oh, Data's bleeding into the library files, isn't it? Yeah, which is informing the, the holodeck and everything. And it ends up with Alexander gets kidnapped. But he says, he says, I'm not meant to get kidnapped yet. Like, so, you know, he knows what the story is. Surely it'd be more fun to play if you don't know what the story is. Well, I think that Barclays helped him write the story. Right. So so he, he does know what the story is. So it's, but yeah. It, it's basically to spend time with War, with but, his dad. But then he inks, he gets himself who doesn't who, do, who, who who was blatantly proved at the beginning of this episode that he doesn't want to spend time with his son. Well, this is the thing. And, you know, if Alexander has written this story this way, it it's sad, really, because it's... He's writing a story where his dad has to rescue him. And, you know, yeah. presumably because he wants to feel like his dad actually cares about him. It, it is really <coughs> sad. And, you yeah. know, poor Alexander. Anyway. Well, I'm not... he did, didn't he? Because, like, well, Wolf wasn't even aware of him for. Yeah. Till he was, what, four or five years old? Well, technically, he, he was only, like, to... two, but he looked. Well. It, the Alexander growth rate is a really funny one, but 
But yeah, yeah. Th- then he sent him away. But then he sent him off to his to wife's parents. Yeah. Then every time he's on the ship, he's trying to palm him off to Councillor Tree or someone else to take care. Yeah. Then he just disappears after the end of TNG, and we don't see him again until he's in the Klingon army in DS Nine. Yeah. yeah, he's he's not the greatest dad. Um. Then so d- the the point of that scene where he gets kidnapped is that Data's now the villain. And so this is the first time we see Data, and Brent Spiner's loving it as well, getting to play all the Brent different... Spine, Brent Spiner plays... Well, he plays how many different characters? Oh, by the end of it, loads Not, not loads. including Data, he plays another five or six characters. Yeah, he does. And, yeah, you can always tell whenever he gets to play someone other than Data that because he's having to be that restrained and everything with Data all the time, he, you can see he's enjoying letting himself go a little yeah. bit. And yeah, it is one a of... lot like it's a it's a lot like uh, Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy used to really enjoy yeah episodes of uh, the original series where Spock lost lost his yeah. inhibitions and yeah, definitely, and, and that because he could use emotion and let out. Yeah, and it, it's good to see like the actors enjoying themselves this much. Michael Dorn does well to keep a straight face through all of it. Um, you know, because he's still got to play Worf, the straight man, throughout the whole episode. Yeah. And as it develops then, Data is he, the son in the cell as well, and he's doing his, his fast shuffling and everything. And they, they realise that what they've got to do is play the game, basically. They've got to play it to the end, and then it'll turn off because they can't turn it off otherwise. But the danger element is that, surprise, surprise, the holodeck safeties are not working, which, again, oh. you really need to look at them, guys. It's happening quite often, is this? Yeah. It, it happens every time you have a layover. Yeah, it does, in fact, yeah. <laughs> and the you get a nice funny scene with Data in the real world where... First of all, he tells Spot to vamoose, but then he starts talking more and more cowboy, and he ends up walking out of the the uh, lounge like John Wayne, and he spits in <laughs> yeah. the, the thing in the corner. strike order. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. Um, and you get the... They don't really play it up, but it is in there, because you get the... Worf's got to go meet the baddie in two hours, Meanwhile, in the real world, it's going to take Jordy two hours to fix everything. So it's not like it's going to get fixed before Worf has to go to this showdown. So it can't get out yeah, of Yeah, it. it's all going to get fixed around the same time. <laughs> yeah, so he's, he's got to go do this showdown, and it's going to be against a, a baddie, but the baddie's got the skill of data, and he's got the speed and the strength. And all. So they're trying to he's race... He's got the speed and the... Speed and the accuracy of an android. Yeah. And th- like, that was a funny line from uh, Troy. She goes, he's, he's going to have the speed and the accuracy of an android. Wouldn't it make more sense for her to say he's got the speed and accuracy of data? You'd have thought so, yeah. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, not all androids. Like, you had that big one, what, it lurch off the ad- rook in the original series. He wasn't very fast. Yeah. But yeah, it, it would have made more sense, but there you go. Um, <clears throat> you get quite a cool thing where Worf uses the com badge and he makes a little shield and it feels like it's a bit of a nod to 
the well, a fistful of dollars, you know, where Clint Eastwood famously does the the bulletproof vest thing, which is yeah. in Back to the Future. It's referenced in that as well. So this is kind of the Star Trek spin on yeah. that. And yeah, I'm quite happy with that because yeah, it's called am. a fistful of data. So oh yeah, absolutely, it's a good one. And Worf does a right bit of sharpshooting here. It's a shame he don't do that when Ferengi's try and take over the ship. Oh, you know. <laughs> times when it may Well, I think he it shows why he is the chief of security, because he is bloody good at shooting. He is, but he just never does it when it's needed. Maybe <laughs> they need to give Worf a six-shooter instead of a phaser. <laughs> he just he needs a holster and a six shooter, and then he'd be absolutely fine. Yeah, I like. I imagine a six shooter is probably a bit more co- comfortable in the to shoot than I a phaser. I always be. thought the phasers in Next Generation looked a bit clunky and all. They look like at people. They look like um, hand vacuum cleaners, like or yeah. how they used to look in the eighties. That's what. The phaser looks, particularly in season one of TNG, they do. Um, Yeah, so anyway, everything gets fixed. The good guys win. But Worf has to get his reward from Miss Annie, who is now Data as well. (laughs) And that's that's obviously played for laughs. And again, Brent Spiner's having an absolute ball with this. He is. But Worf's very, very awkward, doesn't like it. Um, but luckily, the program ends in time for him. So, like, make, makes you wonder. Like, surely nothing too graphic were going to happen. Like, surely Alexander won't write a program where his dad gets his end away at the end of the story. You know that. Well, well, Barclay has been put, been helping with this story, and he yeah, has put okay. chips. Yeah, there you go. Happy in birthday, it, so... Dad. That's not going to traumatize Alexander, is it? Thanks for that, Barclay. <laughs> um, <laughs> But Worf says he'd be up for playing again at some point in the future, so that's not. I mean, yeah, like like Worf's enjoyed playing the sheriff, and because right. it's about he's in charge of law and order. Yeah, he quite likes that role. Spoilers: mm, unless he does it when we're not looking, he doesn't do this again. He spends more time <laughs> playing on the Alamo with O'Brien and Bashir than he does with um, Alexander, but. And well, that's obviously where he got his love for being in Cowboy. There you go, that's things. it, yeah, that's it. And it's cool at the end where he puts the hat on and he sort of does his finger gun and everything. It's nice that, yeah. like I said earlier, but, that he, he keeps the straight man thing all the way through, but then just right at the end he lets it, he lets his hair down a little bit. Let's it go bit. and he's happy about... But, like, you have the little captain's log at the end, don't you, that... Um, Everything's back to normal on the ship. Yeah. Um, Geordie's fixed fixed the problem with data. But there's no mention of the holodeck problems. Like, I can't remember how many holodecks the Enterprise had, but it had more than one. Oh, yeah, numerous holodecks. So you've got to assume that every single program that was running, data is in as overwritten characters. Yeah, that's the thing. And isn't holodeck it? safeties have been off. So somebody must have, even if they just had a Somebody must have been properly injured at some point. You'd have thought of these so, holidays. yeah. Like, if someone were there, they were in a boxing programme and all of a sudden it's data, <laughs> it just belts you. Yeah. Or, 
maybe someone who was in one of the the muckier programs and it turns into data and that could have ended up being sore so you know yeah. it, it don't bear thinking about really but yeah you, you're absolutely right and then we get a cool and again they do this in red dwarf as well but where you get the ship flying off into the sunset sort of thing at the end <laughs> And the music's got a little bit of a Western tinge to it, which is really nice. So yeah, it's a yeah, good... it, it's nice. When, it, it's nice when they take them the time and the effort just to do them little things. It is, yeah. That definitely. didn't happen a lot. That didn't happen a lot back in TNG. Days. No, it didn't. You usually you get the, the normal normal title, normal yeah. Out, out your title. Uh, yeah, basically. usually you, you just finish. You just get a stock shot of the Enterprise and it says executive producer yeah. Rick Berman and that's your lot, yeah. So, no, really nice, nice little touch. Yeah, good fun episode. Um, so, going forward then, th- this is going to be a bit weird because if you're listening on the podcast, we've got our episode. Next week's episode is going to be the Sherlock Holmes episode. So we're looking at elementary data and shipping a ball. Um, but, after but if you're that, watching it live or on YouTube, that went out last week. That went out last <laughs> week, yeah. Uh, because we, we wanted to get all the news to you. So uh, we're, we're a bit all over the place in the schedule. But what we're moving on to, we are going to carry on focusing on Janeway, Voyager, holograms, holodecks, all that sort of stuff. We're going to be doing that for half of us episodes until we get to um, Lower Decks. New Star Trek. But we, we've also decided finally to get stuck into Deep Space Nine and we're going to look at the Dominion War. So that's going to be <laughs> loads of fun. And, you know, we won't get that done by August. This is going to be an ongoing thing that we're going to... Yeah, we're going to do, we're going to do a real deep dive into the Dominion War, so yeah. even episodes sort of slightly related. Yeah. So, so like we're going right back we're going right back to Captive Pursuit to start. Yeah. Which, which <laughs> we'll talk about it next time, but it doesn't directly link to the Dominion War, but we think there's enough in it that it's worth talking about. So yeah. um so yeah that's what we'll be doing next time. Um if you want to get in touch with us in the meantime we're at RetrekPod on Twitter. You can email us, RetrekPod at gmail.com. You can check out the videos on YouTube. You can watch us live on Twitch. Whatever you want to do. And um, thanks for trekking with us this time. And we will see you next time on the Retrek. Thank you. Bye-bye.